Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And your co-host, Allie. And we have a special guest returning today, Dr. John Larkin. Welcome. Great to be back. Thanks so much for including me. I appreciate it. Yeah. For the listeners that may not have heard, Dr. Larkin joined us previously to talk about knee replacement. And we had a perfect lead-in for episode number two with Dr. Larkin in that episode because we wanted to talk about how do you prevent knee replacement. Absolutely. And I think this is probably one of the most interesting and uh, currently developing uh, fields that's developing in orthopedics, and that is preventative treatment for osteoarthritis. Yeah. So we talked last time, we talked about the end result in which you get arthritis. It's in stage that ends up in joint replacements. Uh, But what do you do with those injuries now that might be able to be preventable that prevents the arthritis developing and eventual knee replacement. And arthritis, to explain to the listeners, really starts in the cartilage, right? Absolutely. So what is arthritis? People often ask what that is, and we can sort of talk about a couple of analogies. The end of the bone in the joint is covered with cartilage, and basically what it looks like is much like the end of a chicken bone, just like you would buy at a grocery store. So that cartilage, which in chickens is kind of (laughs) blue-gray, covers the bone, and that works to protect the bone uh, from rubbing against the other bone in the joint. So a typical joint, for example, whether it's the hip, knee, shoulder, whatever, is made up of the cartilage, which covers the bone, and then fluid, which floats around the joint. So think of it kind of like a large baggie with water in it, and inside that would be the joint or the the bone. So the cartilage covers the bone, and it is a very interesting material because it doesn't have nerves, and it doesn't have a normal blood supply. So the cartilage gets its nutrition like a sponge. So, for example, when you walk, it absorbs fluid from the joint, and that's how it gets nutrition to stay living and alive. Yeah. This is all just like so nicely picturesque. Like for someone who's not medical, like I feel like I know exactly what you mean. You've painted such a great picture. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's good. So if there's an injury to the cartilage, is that a sub-threshold injury or is that usually something someone's aware of? Well, it can be either one. Okay. That's a great question. And sort of – so – Traumatic injuries to to cartilage, if you think of the end of the bone covered with the cartilage, Mm -hmm. think of it almost like a mirror. So there's several things that can occur. One, you can get a crack in the mirror, but it's not shattered. Right. So what happens with that crack is that that surface will start to deteriorate and peel away. So almost like if you had paint that started to peel off of a wall. Right. Now, it doesn't cause a problem until that erodes to where the bone is exposed. It becomes a hole, right? It becomes a hole in the bone, in the cartilage. And the 
The reason that that's important is that, remember what we talked about, there's no nerves in that cartilage, but right. there's lots of nerves in the bone. Yeah. So that's why, of course, when you break a bone, it's so painful. Sure. And the reason is that that protects us so that when you have a fracture or a broken bone, um, it prevents us from getting up and trying to walk on it. Yeah. So, but with the cartilage, the cartilage since it covers that bone, protects that until the bone starts to get exposed. Once the bone starts to get exposed, then that's when pain starts. Yeah. So we talked about knee replacement in the age groups of maybe as early as 40s, but probably 50s, 60s, 70s. What age group of these cartilage injuries are you seeing them in? Oh, well, these are the kind of things that occur on Friday night football. Okay. So where you might have someone where that takes, for example, a direct helmet to a knee, yeah. and it it damages the end of that cartilage. Well, you know, age is a wonderful thing when you're young. Right. <laughs> but over the time period and over the years, that injury tends to, as we talked about, start to become symptomatic. And it does that because that cartilage peels away from the bone, and then you've got, remember what we, our analogy, think of the chicken bone. Now you have like a little ulcer on the end of the bone and the bone's exposed. So how does the management of that condition changed present day to where maybe we were 10, 15, 20 years ago? Absolutely. And, and what's changed with that is that in the old days, there was really, once the bone was exposed in the uh, and, and that's really what arthritis is. Remember what arthritis is basically, what that means is that that means inflammation of a joint. So arthro is joint, and then itis, any kind of itis, whether it's a dermatitis or whatever, is an inflammation. So arthritis is where you get inflammation of the joint. And so what happens is, is that in the old days, once that cartilage was gone, there was really no way to fix that. Yeah. There were temporizing procedures such as going in and drilling little holes in that. Mm-hmm. And think of that kind of like where you have a bare spot in your yard and you go in, you aerate it, and then you would hope that the grass would grow back to right. protect the bone. Sure. That procedure, which is called microfracture, and it, you'll hear about it lots of times on ESPN, a sports center. They're sure. saying, well, he had a, a microfracture and he's going to be out for three months. Yeah. The, that would allow the bone to generate a type of fiber cartilage that would cover the bone. That fiber cartilage is kind of like a retread. It's not as good as what we're born with. Yeah. What we're born with is a type of cartilage called hyaline cartilage. And so... That fiber cartilage would be like a temporary patch. And that will lots of times, if the defect is small, will fill in and maybe give some relief of that lesion for about, oh, three to five years. And then what happens is that wears off again. Okay. Right. And then in, in, the, in past times, once that wore off again, you were then looking at making the transition to joint replacements. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, how do we manage that differently? So nowadays, what is developing 
is that we can actually go in and transplant cartilage into the knee. Okay. So we take cartilage two ways to do it. Either go in and harvest cartilage from a section of your knee where it's not weight bearing. Mm -hmm. So where you're not walking on it. And we can actually patch that, take a graft from one part of the knee and patch the defect. And that has a, a, a big, long, common name called an osteochondral allograft transplant. But we commonly <laughs> call that. word of the day. Yeah. That's right. And, but basically, that's commonly referred to as an OATS procedure. Right. Okay. So with an OATS procedure, what we do is take part of the cartilage from part of the knee and go in and patch that hole. But what's developing now is that we can actually take living cartilage from a donor and go in and patch that defect. Fantastic. What does it recovery look like with the patch? And, and what is that like? What's the expectations for a patient in terms of things they can get back to or functional activities? Well, if you have an isolated defect, so say... Think of it this way. If, if, if you were to go in and someone had damaged the end of the bone and there was a, a dime-sized area where the bone was exposed and the surrounding cartilage was still good, you could actually go in and patch that either with a, a living transplant or with what we talked about, the OATS procedure, where we take a plug from one part of the knee and put it into the defect. The recovery for that is about a three-month course. But once that fills in, you eliminate the defect, prevent the arthritis, and you can return back to pretty much all activity. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Is it common for patients, um, you know, that may have this defect since it is, um, you know, as you mentioned, there's not nerve innervation. They may feel, once the initial, like you mentioned, the high school football injury, that player may feel better, but you're able to identify this defect. Is it hard to uh, explain to them how important maybe a surgical intervention is at that time? Because you're talking about somebody that maybe doesn't hurt a ton right now. Is that true? Usually, in most cases, um, by the time that we see them, they're symptomatic. They know something's not yes. right. Yeah. So, because lots of times, as, as you you well know, you've covered many many a sports yep. event, many a <laughs> high school football game, whatever, on those cold fr Friday nights. Yep. Um, patients get banged up and, and things, and they, they don't think anything of it. Right. So, by the time most patients become symptomatic with, with a problem, then that's they're coming in for some sort of treatment. Right, right. And in your estimation, I know this is new, evolving technology and, and treatment techniques. What do you think that's going to save a patient in terms of needing a knee replacement? Are we buying them five years, 10 years? Does it mean they may never need one? I mean, I know there's a big range here, but what's your impressions with that? Well, I think the, the future in we, you know, where is this evolving? Yeah. Um, the future of this is that you intervene on these injuries early, 
you fix the cartilage defect, and these patients should never need to evolve to where they have to have a joint replacement. Yeah. Um, this technique really is now primarily being used in the knee. Um, it's being used somewhat in the shoulder. The hip is a lot more difficult because of accessibility to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of these techniques now with the knee or the shoulder, we can do a lot of this now with just simply an arthroscope. So you can go in and three little puncture holes and fix that. But the future of this, really, which is interesting, currently you have to get cartilage from somewhere. Right. So either you have to take it from part of your knee that's not being a weight-bearing or uh, area that's being used for walking, uh, and then transplant that, all of which is done at one procedure. Uh, and the procedure usually takes about an hour to do, uh, and patients go home the same day. With, with living cartilage transplants, those likewise now, those are, have to be done open, but still are an outpatient procedure. Mm-hmm. And time period on those take about uh, maybe a, an hour in, in duration. Uh, but the future of this will be to be able to have stem cells yeah. that you can actually transplant that become cartilage Mm -hmm. and the future of that although that sounds a little bit like star trek or star wars (laughs) that is not far off yeah it's exciting it's incredibly exciting because this really represents where the future of arthritis treatment will go allows us to be proactive be proactive and unfortunately if if you intervene early the good news is long term, they won't end up with the unfortunate event of having to go through a joint replacement. Right, right. And and I think also, you know, what we typically see in patients, the decline leading up to the joint replacement, you know, so I think activity level will be maintained through many more decades and years of life leading up to that, which just makes the patient healthier overall. So you're keeping those football players on the on the field. <laughs> well, I mean, not just that, but to Matt's point, you know, I, I think that, uh, and I, we, we talked about this to some degree, is that the ability to live longer life is one thing, and we have that ability now, thanks to many of the modern medical miracles. Keeping us bionic. But <laughs> the key is not to live older. The key is to live older well. Yes. That's correct. Yeah, I think that's well said. Because, you, you know, it's what I see now. I have patients that come in that are in their mid-80s that are dynamic men and women that have had dynamic lives uh, that are living independently, Yeah, taking care of their garden, um, playing tennis and golf on pickleball. Yeah, uh-huh. that's active. that's all the rage. Awesome. That is yeah. the rage, yeah. and it is a huge thing for the sixty-plus set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not only is it great physical activity, but it's a social thing. Yep. Right. The old days in which, and we've all seen that in you know at, at this point in our lives, of where you have older people who are isolated and by themselves, they can't get out, they can't you know take yeah. care of themselves. You know, I think what's exciting about this is that, just as Matt alluded to, this allows 
this group to not only remain active, mm-hmm. but because of that activity, remain healthy. Yeah. The mind is a muscle, too. That's right. Keep their minds busy and their bodies busy. Absolutely. And activity is part of that. You know, it's very interesting. I see a huge segment of my population that are patients 65 plus. I was going to say 25, but you got me (laughs) fooled. (laughs) 65 plus who are doing second jobs. Yeah. I mean, these, some of these people had their own businesses. They were CEOs. They were in upper management and they're working at Lowe's. Right. And active, involved, get up every day, have a sense of purpose. purpose. Yeah, I think that's big. It's huge. Yeah. And it just, as Ali mentioned here, because not only is the component of being physically active all day, um, and I certainly, I can tell you, going into Lowe's when you need something and to walk up to some of these people that have been there, know it. For sure. Yeah. They're happy to be there. They're happy to be there. (laughs) And, and. It allows them social interaction. It keeps yeah. their mind active. Um, and they love it. Yeah. I agree. Well, I think it's fantastic. The you know It's an exciting time to be a part of medicine and see the advancements and things we can offer patients now You know, for problems that we were able to identify decades ago but couldn't do anything about. So Technology wasn't there yet. Remind our listeners, Dr. Larkin, if they want to come and see you for one of these knee issues or talk about this, what, how can they get a hold of you or where you? can they reach you? Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm, uh, it's John Larkin. I'm in, I practice primarily in northern Kentucky, but I have privileges at hospitals on both sides of the river. And uh, I'm with Beacon Orthopedics. And our direct number is 859-426-4200. Uh, and anytime you call, you'll get a call back the same day. Uh, and we'd love to either answer your questions or see you or talk about one of your dear loved ones. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important. You know, I think, um, you know, and that's really one of the goals and, and hallmarks of our podcast here is information. And I think patients get nervous sometimes or apprehensive to go visit the doctor, but it, it's not surgery. You're just going to talk, go yes. get information. Get your answers. And, like we learned today, you may get information to treat an injury now that's going to be so much more beneficial rather than treating it later. Yep. I Don't think sometimes wait. we have a mentality of let's wait until it gets too bad yep. or let's wait until it gets worse. And we're learning that's not always the best. Actually, in all of medicine now, you know, medicine has changed dramatically in that if you find something early, oh yeah, you can fix it. I think and that's whether, whether it's early detection for breast cancer, right? Um, prostate cancer. This is November, and of yep. course, you know. That's it's, why I'm not shaped. I was oh, going to say, that but why? it's no shape November for prostate, <laughs> for prostate cancer. So the awareness here now is that in the old days, I, I certainly had grandparents who, you know, they never went to the doctor until right. they were forced to. Yeah. But nowadays, if you're having a problem, it, it really behooves you to come in and just talk about what's going on because things can be fixed now. And uh, that old fear of like, really, I don't want to know the answer. Right. Oh, yeah. They're just scared of the outcome. Yeah. And yeah. The, the nice thing about it, the, the men and women that I see that are 65 and plus now, they're dynamic, they're involved, they want to remain active, and they want to remain independent. That's yeah. right. 
Well, I think we have given our listeners some great information right. and we got great tools to help and people. Some and some inspiring yeah. <laughs> anecdotes at the end. I do appreciate all of your analogies as well. I feel like I understood it better, which means our listeners will have a better time listening to some of the medical stuff as well. So I really appreciate you coming on and joining us, Dr. Larkin. It's always a pleasure. Let me know when I can come back. I, I loved talking about these things. Yeah. And for your listeners, you know, feel free to call. Uh, yes. We'll always be there for you and, and talk about it. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank Thanks you so again. much. A pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms. And until next time, keep it moving.